Welcome to Walking Backwards. I'm Brad Grimet. My guest this week is cinematographer Mike Rizzi. Mike and I have known each other for a very long time and work together occasionally, and we just worked together recently. And I thought, geez, I should have Mike in and chat. He's a nice guy. So that's coming up in a moment. Check me out on Patreon at patreon.com backslash walking backwards. And check me out on Instagram at one giant robot. Thank you for the continued support from Walter Clausen FX. They are, uh, they are supporters of Steadicam and this podcast. And I was thinking the other day um, about my iBaird. I, I, I always forget I even have it on. If you don't know what that is, it's basically a four-inch low-mode bracket kind of drop-down off your vest. And for me, that allows me to get the arm right where I want it and the camera height right where I want it because I'm 6'5", so I'm often too high and I have to get lower so it just does it automatically it's a it's a great product and it works perfectly and thank you for that walter claus and fx and thank you for your continued support all right so here's my chat with mike rizzi enjoy a lot of the guests you've had are like you know have success charles obviously is doing great and like what am i going to talk about i guess we'll find out well i like to have different people on i mean you know um you're younger than a lot of those guys and like you you have an interesting uh perspective and career and we work together what two th- by the way i'm starting this i have mike rizzi with me all right hi <laughs> hello i apologize about my voice a little bit that sounds bit pretty sick. it's like radio badass right now <clears throat> is it really it sounds good yeah um and those headphones are actually a little bit deeper so it probably sounds even deeper to you <laughs> Awesome. Fantastic. <laughs> no, but we worked together, and I already had Lila in here. Um, yeah. We worked together with Lila on Dirty. Yep. You were the loader. I was. And I was thinking on about film. it. On film. On film. 16 millimeter. Yeah, I'm super 16. And um, I was wondering if you remember how many feet we shot. Oh, I have no idea. Because I, I thought it was like over a quarter million feet. I have no idea. Let me tell you, that was the first feature i loaded on oh it was yeah oh and and so i i was hired through the camera crew um joe solari yeah i still work with joe i saw joe i think last year i worked with him yeah joe's awesome and so i was working with him on some other stuff and then the second was peter de philippus of course yeah Mm -hmm. so they kind of they knew it was my first job loading. Mm. And, uh, f- I mean, I had loaded on other jobs, the first feature. And so right. um, I wasn't really good at like the paperwork and, and all that stuff they had to do. <laughs> and um, and so Peter like kind of took me under his wing and, and was like, all right. Helped you do film here, counts here, and all that yeah, stuff, so, right? So I really have no idea. I can't remember. Gotcha. Because you didn't really load a ton after that, did you? No, I didn't. You, you, you always wanted to shoot. Yeah, that's a cat. I'm allergic to cats. Oh, shit. This might go really bad. Oh, no. Really I'm sorry. Um, we'll see what happens. <laughs> she won't come up to you. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> um, uh, um, I don't think she will anyway. Um, when did we... When was that? Was that 2004? Yeah, it was 2000. Well, I started in 05, but it was like the last week of 04 or something, and then like five weeks in 05 right. or something. Okay. And um, Yeah, I was I was fresh out of college i graduated um san diego state university uh in 2003 Mm -hmm. so and then i I moved up to la and started just you know working on crews whatever i can get and then i think 
Did the, you go to film school or? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh, cool. To film school down there, and then, yeah, this came about. I'm trying to retrace it in my brain how how I got there, but I'm pretty sure it was through Joe, and his and his team. But um, well, yeah, Joe so, used to do a lot of commercials, didn't he? Is that where you met, maybe? Or I met him. I honestly, I don't even know. It was so long ago, but I was I did some features and stuff with him. We went on a little run, like we did this, and then I did Creep Show Three. Do you remember? Were you on that too? No. Did you do? Mm-mm. So that was, you know, not good. The movie. I never saw it, but I'm sure it wasn't good. Um. Uh. But yeah, we went on a little run of doing a couple of like indie movies and smaller movies together. I think I was a second on that, but no, I didn't load. I loaded on some music videos, 35, and some stuff like that, and then I kind of moved up pretty quickly to focus pulling and then i joined the union as a first in the in 2006 oh you did okay yeah and then i wow that is pretty quick and then i stopped acing right after <laughs> and started shooting yeah well sort of i was kind of shooting the whole time but on right. smaller stuff but i just got to a point where i was like i you know i really i don't want to ac right it's just not i i enjoyed it but it was a lot more technical than you know, I wanted to, I wanted to shoot. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't do that. No, that was like me. I mean, I, I never wanted to be an assistant. You know, I respect the assistants a lot. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I'd be a great first. And you know, I didn't want to do the whole loader second first. You know, and then fifteen years later, you're an operator if right. you're lucky. You know, yeah. and so I just, I did it. I did it kind of my own way. Yeah, it's so interesting. You know, you hear people's theories like, you know, you got to pay your dues, mm-hmm. which I think is true. Yeah, you in do. a certain way, but just it just depends how you do it. Exactly. Yeah. So I, you know, I did all I I I loaded. I for I did all those positions, but mm-hmm. I just kind of like moved up quickly, not because I was particularly that good at it or whatever. I just kind of I don't know. It just happened, mm-hmm. and um, I knew I wanted to. I knew I needed to get into the union to allow me to work on those union jobs when they came. Right. Which, as soon as I got in, I never worked any union jobs. I was paying my dues for years and years and years. I was like, I one of these days. I'll get that call. But I never really did. Um, I mean, here and there, maybe one or two a year. Right. You know, but... Right, um, right. But, uh, yeah, and so there's different... You know, there's... Obviously, everyone has their different path of sure of of doing it but yeah there was i never really had like um you know how some guys work under a dp you know and learn everything from them or whatever i never really had that either there was a few people i worked under and but it was like one maybe two movies and i never really established like a mentor type thing with with anyone so i kind of it took me a long time to get anybody like that. And still, I haven't had anybody that went on for too many years, you know? Um, yeah. It's weird. Some people end up with, like, I know commercial guys who have, like, two DPs, and they work constantly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, feature guys who have one or two DPs and do two movies a year, or you know, or whatever it is. And then TV people, who, same way. I've just never been that way. I don't, I don't know... Um, it's just it's just different i guess i yeah. don't know yeah <laughs> i get i get um i get uh antsy too sometimes you know like doing something for too long yeah but but with but as a 
Steadicam operator. I mean, I know now it's different where if you're on a TV show, you're expect you're as a B camera usually, right? You're expected to be Steadicam and just normal operator. B or, or, a. or is it A? Okay, either so one. Either, if you're gonna if you're gonna operate on a TV show, you also pretty much have to know how to do Steadicam, right? Isn't that kind of how how the deal is? No. I mean, or at least one of the operators. Right. right? That, that's what I'm saying. Most show. I don't know. I don't know the exact numbers, but I would say, I don't know. What would you think? Eighty percent. One of the operators is Steadicam. Also, probably. I mean, because I remember when I it might be more. Right after college, or even I think maybe a little my last year, I would I would day play on some shows that were down in San Diego. Mm. Like Veronica Mars was down there. Did they shoot down there? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, the not oh, the funny. new movie, but the older no, yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they shot down there at Stu Siegel. Where is Stu Siegel Productions? I've yeah. heard of it many times. Yeah. So I did some day playing there, and on that, and there was another show called Point Pleasant that was only like one season. I think I've heard of that. Yeah, that was also down there, and I so I would day play, um, and uh, if I can remember correctly. They had operators, but then they would bring in a Steadicam operator mm -hmm. as C camera and just wait until that Steadicam shot. And this is back in 2003, 4, or 5. So mm -hmm. I don't know if, if the, it's the changed since then. The changeover was happening. Okay. It so was now really they, happening yeah. hard mm -hmm. then. Um, yeah, it was happening a lot. Um, even pause for just a second? Yeah, sure. What's up? You got a sneeze? I'm going to take a Zyrtec. <laughs> oh, okay. Sure. I can tell that it's going to happen, and then it's going to be a disaster. All right, you got a Zyrtec now. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, I just want to head it off at the pass before it gets... It's, oh, so you're, like, really allergic? Oh, yeah. Sorry, man. That's okay. I was shooting last week uh, in this house in Burbank, and we spent the first half of the day outside in a garage and around and everything mm -hmm. and then after lunch we had some work inside and we were you know setting up and setting up the shots and everything and all of a sudden i started to my eyes were getting tingly and i was starting to get you know allergy -y. sure and i looked at the first ad or, or if it was a producer or something and i said are there do they have cats here and they said yeah oh okay that's it and oh, so shit. yeah so i wouldn't it's bad my mom's allergic too so thanks mom oh gotcha that. Um, what was that? A commercial or something? Yeah, commercial. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's like your your commercials, music videos. That's mostly what you do, right? Yeah, or, uh, yeah. I mean, I do a little of everything. Com right. Mostly shorter form. So commercial, music video, promo. Right. Um, uh, very rarely, um, documentary. Oh, okay. But uh, I, I pretty much do everything except for, like, reality, right? So any kind of, like, yeah. real thing. Sure. No, no, <laughs> my apologies to the reality <laughs> folks, but I just I can't do it. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so so that was, a, that was a commercial. Although I do have a feature that just came out. Uh, I, I, I heard about it. I mean, I, I saw that on your IMDb. Yeah. What's it, what's it called? The it's Unicorn? It's called The Unicorn. Right. Cool. What's it about? Um, it's about it's a romantic comedy, um, but not like your sort of traditional romantic comedy, um, whatever that is. I think I watched a trailer for it. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's got a really great cast. Um, Lauren Lapkus is in it. Nick Rutherford. She's great. She's awesome. Um, Nick Rutherford's in it, and uh, he you know he was part of that Good Neighbor um, 
comedy troupe, Beck Bennett and Kyle Mooney, who are on yeah, yeah. they're on SNL now. Oh, he was he was partners with them. He was kind partners of with them. And, oh, okay. And uh, so they they have um, cameos in the movie as well, and Beverly D'Angelo's in it. So it's, oh, cool. it's a really good really good cast, and it was uh, directed by Robert Schwartzman. Um, who's Jason Schwartzman's brother? Gotcha. And John Schwartzman's brother, half brother, uh, the cinematographer John Schwartzman. And so John and I actually co DP'd the movie. Wait a minute, John the, Schwartzman? John, the John Schwartzman of? Is he brothers with Jason? Yeah, they they have they all have the same dad. Oh really? Okay, yeah. but there's a big age difference there, no? Yes, or, like okay. twenty years. Yeah, okay, okay. I was yeah, like, yeah. I, that's what I was. Yeah, so John, John, Jason, and Robert all have the same father, and then Jason and Robert have both. Our mom and dad are the same. Okay, so they're half brothers with John. Yes, got it. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Well, that was cool. So you co DP? Yeah, we co DP. It was it was interesting. I'm obviously. That's know, a rare thing to happen. It's a very rare thing to happen, but it was a small enough movie that it made sense. So like. I was I was the A camera operator and John was my B camera operator which was hilarious. Okay. But um <laughs> but it was, you know, the whole crew was my crew that I brought on. I mean, the way it came out was I was getting ready to shoot, you know, prepping the movie and everything and then John uh told Robert and he was they're having dinner or whatever and he said, "Oh, by the way, I I have some time before I go shoot my next movie." Right. And Robert you know, he said, I'd love to work with you on something. And Robert said, well, I have this movie coming up. And what do you say? You can't say no. Right. Um, and so we talked about it and, you know, we decided to to approach it together. Cool. It was really awesome. And, you know, we both see saw things the same way. Like we would both approach the scene in a similar way as far as, you know, we'd watch it together and block the scenes with the actors and and you know, decide on our angles together. It was, it really was a, a collaborative cool. thing. And then, so you were both there the whole time together, both there the whole time. Wow. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, and we, um, like I said, the crew, the gaffer was the gaffer that I work with all the time who you met on that music video. Oh yeah. Scale. Yeah. And, um, the whole camera team was all, was all my people. So, um, and John, you know, he, obviously he's been doing this for such a long time. He said he loved everyone that I brought on, which was kind of nice to hear of course um and uh anyway so yeah it's out on itunes you can rent or buy it now (laughs) you're happy with how it turned out i am happy with how it turned out you know it was interesting the way we made it was a quick schedule um three weeks uh i think it was it was like a 15 day right okay and then uh Robert and I went and did a couple of like pickup shots, just me and him, but uh, basically 15, 14 or 15. And, uh, and yeah, so there was a lot of improv in it and which is makes things kind of difficult because, you know, we would set up the scene and shoot everything on a wide and kind of move in. And then all the sort of all the gold was when we got into close ups. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the movie takes place in close-ups mm-hmm. which still works because you know you 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 get a lot from your actors in close-up which is great sure but um did you do that thing they do in comedy which is stay a little wider i mean you didn't you didn't you didn't do any or did you sometimes we did so we shot on the panavision dxls oh cool the 
first version of the DXL. So it was large format. Is there a second version? They already came out with DXL 2. Oh, I didn't know that. Like a year after. Oh, okay. Um, uh, so we shot on a DXL, which is was large format. So we used large format lenses, the, I think it was the Primo 70s. Oh, um, cool. Framed, you know, 240. So there were some shots that we were, you know, given the old Hollywood haircut to. But, um, yeah, it was... Uh, I mean, I mean, some were pretty tight. I don't okay. have to think back, but yeah. Oh yeah. Anyway, I didn't mean to get in the, get you in the weeds about that part, but no, but right. no, that that's really cool. Yeah. I'm, I imagine like, did they throw a lot of lines? So they just do yeah. like alt lines a lot and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And we tried. It's like the new thing. Yeah, and it and it worked though because, you know, we would do a wide shot and we'd sort of get our entrances and exits and beginning and end and kind sure. of like just establish all where the chess pieces are. Right. right. And then you kind of pick off the coverage like build the blocking and then and then do the words kind of thing almost exactly i mean yeah there was a there was a script it wasn't like we just had a yeah an outline it yeah, was scripted yeah. but then in the moment they all these actors at least the leads came from um came from stand-up comedy sketch comedy and they're all like super good at that sure and, and they would come up with um you know, outlines and everything on the spot that were sometimes not as good, but most of the time better than what was written. Right. And which, uh, you know, made it seem genuine and real. And, and I think that the, the way it comes off, uh, especially with Nick and Lauren, they have this chemistry that, um, you know, they'd only met a couple weeks before we started oh, shooting, really? but it, it, uh, seems like, they had been together for a while, which brings me to, you asked me what the movie's about. I'll tell you what it's about. Um, so it's um, uh, Nick Rutherford and Lauren Lapkus play a couple that's been engaged for four years and together for three before that. So they've been together for a while, but not really taking the next step forward for no reason other than apathy i guess it's not like he's afraid or she's afraid they just right. kind of haven't done it um and they they go to her parents uh wedding vow renewal in palm springs one uh weekend and over the course of that evening they find out that from a drunk aunt this is all in the trailer by the way so i'm not giving too much away. Right, right, right. from a drunk aunt that uh the secret to their Longevity in their relationship is they bring in a third party, a unicorn from time to time. Right. That kind of spices things up. And so they they decide, well, maybe this is what we need for our relationship. Right. So the rest of the movie is what happens after they come to that decision. So, right, right, right. Um, it sounds pretty funny. It is. And it's I you know, it's I think it's 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 pretty good. So yeah, cool. I know I'm not selling it too hard, but I, I I liked it a lot. I've seen it like five times. I um, and it still makes me laugh in certain parts. And oh, so, good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Oh, I mean, when you when you shot it all and you're still laughing. Yeah, the first few great. times I I watch it, it was at South by Southwest last year. So, oh, really? So I cool. went and watched it at South by Southwest. Um, oh, that must have been great. It was, except <laughs> except the. Uh, the first showing of it was less than ideal because what happened what happened was our screening was the first screening in the morning on whatever day it was playing wow. and 
the last screening or, or the the night before the projector went down during somebody else's movie. Oh, which sucks. So they had to fly in a projector overnight and they were like plugging it in before our, so we so never got a set chance. Up, right? It wasn't set up. And so I don't know what the setting was, but like the aspect ratio was all off. So everything was cut off oh, no. even more. So like it was sort of zoomed in about 10%. <sighs> Nobody would know except for me but right. like i'm like that's not how i frame this and it really was like frustrating so oh no so instead of being like 240 it was like 250 or well I, it was 240 but it was like zoomed in so the left right top and bottom was all like smaller like it was if you just sort of like zoomed in a little bit weird right? yeah it was very odd oh and um, they didn't have time to fix it right right but all viewings after that was fine but but um what i was getting at was after the initial couple of viewings where I picked apart everything I did as being terrible. Now right. <laughs> I can look at it as its own movie and say, oh, you know, this is pretty good. Oh, good. Yeah. That's cool. I'm super self-critical. I don't like anything I do ever. I'm the, I'm the same way. I mean, I've talked about this before. Like if you're not critical on yourself, you won't grow, you know, you won't yeah. get better. You have to, you have to recognize your weaknesses or things you could have done a little different or better or whatever, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Especially as a... If everything you do, you look at and go, I'm great. Oh, this is perfect. You'll never get better. Stop right here. Right, 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 That's right. That's true. It's a, it's a blessing and a curse though, right? Because, oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, I already have like anxiety issues, so... <laughs> <laughs> so like drive myself crazy sometimes. Yeah. Um, but hey, you mentioned... Uh, it's funny calling you called it a music video, which I guess it technically is, but kind of the was, thing yeah. we did a yeah. couple of weeks ago, yes. <laughs> um, uh, for, um, Liza. Yes. Who was awesome. Amazing. Amazing. I didn't really know anything about her. She's so young. She's sort of new on the scene. I've never, ever heard of her. Yeah. Another YouTuber, but man, she was great. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it is funny though. I'd never heard of her. She has like 17 million followers like 12, on 15 YouTube yeah. and, and, and all the Instagram, whatever. Yeah. And, um, and I've never heard her name, yeah. but she has this giant fan base yeah. and essentially she paid for that whole thing, which is, I guess it, it was a music video. It just, the way it's done is, I don't know. It just seemed different wasn't, for some reason. It wasn't a traditional music video in the way that you and I are used to doing them. And it's more of a comedy video. It was, but done done in a music video fashion. I mean, it was a music video, right? We had playback. She was singing a song. But but, uh, yeah, she was really, really great. I mean, for those of you at home, this was an overnight. And it was, you know, those are never fun. <clears throat> and it was was it, it wasn't raining. It was between the storms. No, had, it wasn't but, raining. We were okay. Yeah. Um, but I but did get rear-ended cr- on the way to work. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> you told me. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, and it was cold, and it was you know for LA. It was pretty cold. It was cold for LA. Yeah. But anyway, so that that's never fun to to do that. But it was it was also ambitious. We just had a lot to shoot. But um, all that being said. We saved a lot of her performance stuff till the end of the night, which was probably three or four o'clock in the morning. And she, you know, everyone else was sort of like dragging their feet, except for you, of course, because you never drag your feet. 
Um, we, I was dragging a she, little, believe me. When she, we went, what for, I don't know how much of the night. It was all steady cam all, except uh, it was for. 90%, no, there was a little bit, yeah. Some jib stuff, but yeah. it was mostly you. And but during she, the jib stuff, I was sitting in front of a heater yeah, outside, yeah. like <laughs> falling asleep in a chair. Yeah, no. I had to come find you and say, hey, you know, are you still going to. Um, <laughs> you're up next. Yeah. Uh, she was great. No, she she just was like, whenever the camera was on her, she just brought it and it was amazing. It was and cool. she knew, she. I mean, we had a director, but she was like a co-director. I mean, she, she knew was. exactly she wrote what, it. what things look like. She did. She's used to doing her own, from, right. from what I, I know, she's used to doing everything herself on her YouTube channel. Was it you who said to me, if we weren't doing this, she'd just be shooting it on an iPhone or something? Yeah. She'd be doing the same thing. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And we shot, you know, Alexa, anamorphic yeah. lenses, like try to make it. And, and I had to push for anamorphic because I was like, we got to, you know, do this make it seem larger than life it did give it 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 will give it more what's the word well production value but yeah it's scope more scope more scope and it sort of sets it apart from you know the stuff that she had been doing before and everything but have you seen is that out yet it's not okay no i saw a rough cut um like the first first rough cut Ah. sort of just one step beyond an assembly and uh but that's all I've seen. Oh, so. okay. But it, it works. I was I was a little concerned because we had uh, we had a lot of stuff that we didn't actually get to that mm. w- that helped sort of tie things together, right? But uh, through the magic of editing, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I I mean, when we finished, she was like, I heard them talking like. They're like, well, we're this over and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, okay, well, I need this and this and that. Like, she knew exactly exactly what she needed to make the thing work, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I was impressed by her. I don't know how old she is. Like, She's like 21 or 23 no. or 23 or something. Yes. <laughs> right? I was impressed because I thought she might be like 27 and been doing it a while. I mean, she's so young. She's going to be. And she's so talented and, a, and very sweet. Yeah. Oh, did you see? I put my vest on her. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah. She's how tall is she? About five, I don't know. I don't know. Five one You're and right. like a hundred pounds soaking wet, like holding a ten pound weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she, but but you know, I, um, also at the end of the night, this is something that you know, as crew members, you know, we're all crew members. Something that I really appreciate is when talent or or cast or anyone respects what oh, yeah. we do. She went around to literally every person on the crew, thanked them, shook yeah. their hand, gave them a hug, whatever, but like genuinely thanked yeah. them for being there. And yeah. I thought that was so classy. Some people I've worked with sort of expect everyone to, you know, bend to their wishes or whatever, especially yeah. if they're paying for it or whatever. So that type of um, respect, I I think that goes a long way. Oh, yeah. she, her being that young and recognizing that, mm-hmm. I think, is great. So she was she was humble and deferential to advice and ideas. And, yeah. But but when she knew what she needed or what she really wanted, she got it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, definitely. it was a really good mix because she didn't force everybody to do everything her way. Yeah. If somebody had a better idea, she would do it. Yeah. And there were a couple of times when things got a little complicated and she, she simplified them. Yeah. Like really quickly. Yeah. I was impressed by that. Yeah. Uh, like when they were talking about that they were going to throw all the chips and stuff or something or dump the chips 
And then she was like, oh, we don't you, need... When she threw it at your head? No, no, that was a different... <laughs> was a different what one. were those? Those was something... It was like cereal, a box of yes. cereal. Or something. <laughs> cereal box smacked me in the face. Yeah, uh, but it, but it all looked really cool. Um, and no, no, no. Uh, it was the other. She was gonna dump. Ch- and then sh- they were like, "Okay, well, we're gonna have to clean up." And she's like, "You know what? Let's. Just, we don't need to dump them. We're just. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. She just knew right away. Like, yeah. it's not that important. Yeah. Like, we don't need to spend all the time. I, I was just impressed. It's good. Yeah. So was I. I didn't know. I I didn't know what to expect. I hadn't met her until that night, and. Uh, so yeah. yeah, well, I I've talked on here about music videos a, a fair amount, and I hadn't done one in many many years. And obviously, when I did this job a couple of weeks ago, I didn't know it was a music video. Going into it, I, you didn't really give me too much info. I didn't have much info to give. Fair enough, <laughs> um, but. Uh, you know, uh, but it was it was good. Yeah. It was fine, it was and you know, I was if I had heard music video, and look, I wanted to work with you. It's been a while since we worked together. Yeah, excuse me. Um, the last thing we worked on together was a music video. The thing in so Vegas. So many. Years Do you remember ago. that? That's probably the last one I when did we before put the this. ring light on the front of the. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the. The ring light didn't bother me. It was it was building the ring light on there. Like yeah, um, that was a that was kind of a. Uh, it was just a lesson like it's good to know about that stuff before and then you can at least figure out like a way to make it work because we remember we spent like a long time in the morning trying to get it on i don't remember that uh we did we spent a lot of like the key grip trying to rig things on there and sorry oh no it's okay it's just (laughs) no it's just a good like Especially stuff like that yeah. can sometimes turn. Sometimes it's real easy, and sometimes it's like a pain in the ass. Yeah. And that one turned out to be just balancing it with the way everything was was just weird. Yeah. But it worked. It it worked. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. I I specifically remember. I think I drove to Vegas. I did. I drove to Vegas the day before, and it was a super early call, five or six a.m. or something. Um, I don't remember. I know we had some night stuff. So was it like? Did we shoot all? Yeah, I like think we did. Twenty-four hours, something. Uh, no, it wasn't twenty-four hours, but it was a long day. Oh yeah, we finished on the top of the Rio. Yeah, yeah. And I think we started at Caesars. Well, we did. We did something like in a party bus, and uh, it, I remember it was all having to do. We had. Um, we were definitely all through Caesars. Well, we had permission from all the Harrah's hotels, right? Right. And Harrah's owned Caesars, Caesars Rio, Harrah's, and a couple of other ones. So, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, that was that was like 2009 or something. And the funny yeah. thing about that, like 10 years ago, that was also YouTubers at the beginning. Was it really? Yes, that was at the beginning oh, of that. like the whole YouTube YouTuber thing, right? Mm-hmm. Before then, YouTube was like where you would go to. I don't know what you would do back in like the mid to late 2000s on YouTube. Just find weird videos. I don't know. But there was these guys had I'm daily. thinking about that. What like, was on there? Yeah. What was on there? I don't know. There was like, a, but these guys had their daily vlogs, right? And they were, right. they were making content on YouTube and having YouTube channels. This is the beginning of all that stuff. And so I remember the director, Justin was telling me about these YouTubers I'm using air quotes. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what is this? this is so weird. What are these guys doing? And now, I mean, now look at 
YouTube. I mean, it's crazy. Now it's obvious, yeah. but back yeah. then, yeah. So they were on the cutting edge, kind of. Yeah, I yeah, wonder they're, if they're still around. I'm sure some of them are, yeah. Yeah. I don't remember... I don't remember anything about the music or the people that were in it. Uh, it was a song called Last Call. They were talking about, you know, Last Call at the Bar. I mean, it's, you know, highbrow stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Actually, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, I was going to say, well, I think, I don't think he does, actually. But um, Elliot Smith has a has a song that he was nominated for an Oscar for that has last call in the in the in the lyrics, but I'm sure this is very different than anything Elliot Smith. Did. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. <laughs> no, but for some reason it made me think of an Elliot I'm a big Elliot Smith fan. But no, that song um Between the Bars. I don't you know, honestly I don't really know oh, come on, much about come all on. I know about Elliot Smith is that he shot himself in the heart. You don't even know that because that's not what happens. He stabbed himself in the heart. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Supposedly. Oh, see, I'm, I don't. A know. lot of people think something else happened. Okay. Um, well, I don't know anything about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. But no, he died by stabbing in the chest. Two, two stab wounds to the chest. Oh my god. Supposedly suicide. Um, it's but taking brilliant. a dark turn. This no, podcast. no. I mean, <laughs> look, it's been a long time. It's been like 13 years or something since yeah. he died. But I'm a giant fan of his. Mm. And if you haven't heard of him, you should check him out. Cause it's I mean, I've heard stuff. of him. I'll check out his music. Cool, a beautiful, you. like unbelievable voice. But he did a lot of the soundtrack for Goodwill Hunting, which is why he got nominated. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Between the Bars was a Goodwill Hunting uh, soundtrack oh, song. Interesting. But um, yeah, he was great. So, what are you doing on your phone? What are you I, looking at? I, I wrote some notes down that I wanted to... Oh, you I, did? Yeah, I wanted to ask you some questions, actually. Oh, you, oh and really? I, and I couldn't, and I can't find them. Okay, well, you can think about finding those, but I wanted to make sure I asked you, because I see there's a, there's a thing called A Thousand Words Michelle Obama. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, you worked with Michelle Obama. Um, well, sort of, yes. Okay. Not really with her. Okay. Um, there was actually Jason, the same director from from the um, thing. Unicorn. No. Oh, J- oh, Jason. Right, right, right. From Sorry. a couple weeks ago. Um, I've worked with him for a long time since like 2011. We've done a lot of a lot of different stuff together, and he called me up. Um, and I think is, I've known him longer than you. Shockingly, that's right. From from Matt. Yeah, that's right. Oh, you knew him? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, he called me up. This is very, very last minute. And this is for, for BET, one of the clients. We've both done stuff for him for BET. And he said, I have this this project. I can't really tell you much about it. Hmm. Um, but it shoots in Miami. And um, it's like this week. This is a Thursday. And it's like, and it shoots on Sunday. So, oh, jeez. Yeah. It's and like so travel tomorrow kind of thing. Basically, like, get on a plane and let's do this. And so it ended up being this. Essentially what it was is <clears throat> there was a, a conference put on uh, every year, I think, mm. um, sponsored by or for BET Her, which is, I think, a, a female, sort of female-driven part of BET. I'm not, oh, okay. Forgive me if I'm saying this wrong. But so there was a, a conference every year and, and at the beginning of the conference there, they always have like a keynote speaker or some sort of um, notable person come out and, and have like an interview. And this year or when, when we did it was Michelle Obama, a conversation with Michelle 
and Valerie Jarrett. And oh wow, yeah. And so they, you know, sat on a stage and, and had a conversation. And so it was only supposed to be. It was a live audience, and it was only really supposed to be for the women that were attending the conference. But they said, you know, this is a great opportunity. Let's to shoot it. Get some cameras in here, and let's let's do it. And so, you know, we we tried to get. We had a jib. I think I can't remember. We we had so many different. We wanted to get a bunch of cameras, right? Sure, yeah. And cameras on the audience and everything. But they said, uh, they said, well, the Secret Service will only allow, I think it was, I think we ended up with four cameras um, because they could, you know, for security purposes. And so when we were shooting, I had the, I had the close-up shot on Michelle. We were on a little slide moving back and forth. And there was just a Secret Service, like, literally standing right next to me. Um, and everybody had to give their credentials, their social security whole, numbers before oh yeah. you went and oh stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Right, yeah, yeah. Everything, everything. Um, but, uh, but it ended up being, um, it was a really cool conversation and it, uh, she had a lot of amazing things to say. I mean, she's such a influential. Person. Oh yeah. And, uh, so just being there in the room, even though I was working and, and shooting, not, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, it was a pretty cool experience. That's awesome. So, yeah. No, that's, I'm jealous. That's really cool. And like, you know, you're asking me the type of stuff I do. This was like a very much a live studio audience style shoot that I don't do very yeah. much. But when you have an opportunity like this, you know, you kind of yeah, 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 go yeah. for it. Well, I mean, it's not. It wasn't a live thing. I mean, were they? They weren't projecting your cameras or anything, were they? Uh, no, I mean it wasn't right. live, but it was. No, you're you just only recording. One, you only get one take at it. You Understood. Know what I'm it's Understood. Not like, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a there's a fun element to those things. Yeah. You know. Um, many years ago, I shot news. You get one shot. Um, I mean, le- less so. But then I did some sports and stuff, and you get it. You get one shot at it. Yeah. And like like if you're shooting football, and the the quarterback throws a bomb, like. A great way to shoot it for news stuff is to zoom into the football in the air and then zoom out as the guy catches it. That's like an old kind of technique, but yeah. it's really hard to do. Yeah, every uh, but you and you get literally one chance, and you have no idea how far the ball's going. You're just winging everything. It's pretty fun. I, yeah, I don't, I don't think that the average sports watcher understands how skilled these camera operators are. Yeah, yeah, especially football and especially golf. Oh yeah, how I, I mean. I, I operate cameras. I don't know how they do that. A tiny little, you know, after the after the um, initial tee, tee and they're off. looking down the pike right at where they're teeing off, and then they zoom out, and the ball's in frame up the whole way. Yeah, Stuff but even like but even just like following the ball. No, in that's the what I'm air, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's wild. I don't do know about now, but what they used to do, a lot of the guys used to do, is like. Um, almost like infrared, the monitor. Mm. So the clouds were black. Oh. They would like switch everything. Um, I don't know what they called it, but they had something that they would do to, to, to so the So you monitors. could pick the, the ball out. Yeah, of so it was oh, a lot yeah. easier to see. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know about now. Yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of them are just that good. Well, but you think about it now, like <clears throat> especially in football, where and and it seems like most professional sports. A lot of 
a lot of uh, the calls are going back to video coverage. Uh-huh. And so you, you, as a camera operator, you have to be on yeah. and you have to get it because they're relying on that as like evidence, whether, you know, there was a his foot was in bounds, foot was in bounds. Right? If it was a catch, if it was a the foul, ball whatever, the line, exactly. Right, 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 right. And so same with hockey too. Yeah. Hockey, basketball, all that stuff. The, the and, funny part about all those games is, and I think they're doing baseball now replay, right? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't I really watch, don't baseball, watch baseball. But anyway, I think, I think they, they are. They using are. <laughs> it. Um, but, so much of the cameras are not on like so i watch a ton of hockey the vast majority of the hockey game happens from the center field well center center ice wide camera yeah and then for replay they'll use the tighter wide right and then they'll use a couple of like the handheld right behind the glass kind of thing yeah sometimes like for like on a goal or something cuz they go their face or whatever yeah but and then for replay and stuff but that's not on the like a lot of it. You you mentioned the replay. A lot of it, or it, for for penalties and stuff, a lot of that stuff is never on. Like they shoot all day, and they like certain, especially really big games, like the Super Bowl. Yeah, they'll have like thirty cameras going. Right, and like three, no, two of them are on like most of the game. Right, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you may be you know breaking your back getting these amazing shots and oh, literally yeah. nobody ever sees them yeah well I did w- literally one live baseball game ever in my operating career yeah and uh, and they put me at camera four because I, I came in it was in Tampa I was from Orlando and I drive over there and they're like hey how you doing they they obviously all knew each other who's and, this new guy right yeah and I was like hey I'm replacing so I was replacing a guy they knew like yeah. last minute thing and um, a couple of guys were like, good luck, and just walked away. <laughs> and then another guy was like, hey, man, how you doing? I'm John or whatever his name was. And he's like, hey, I think best bet is you take four. He goes, it's the easiest camera to learn. You're on the air a lot, but it's it's the easiest camera to learn. And, you know, um, it'll probably be best for you. Just FYI, you know. Okay. And I was like, oh, thanks. He was like the friendly one. <laughs> And, and, you know, people can be like that. And I hate that, you know. I hate that, like, competitive thing. It's like, hey, I'm just here to work, you know. Yeah. Yes, me too. <clears throat> but, I, but so, no, with long story short, a camera four is the center field behind the pitcher to the catcher. You're on the air, like, 90% of the game. Oh, okay. I would, I would think that was camera one. Uh, they they, they or, list them in a different way. Oh, I, I, I don't even exactly know how they list them. I, I just know that in that game I was four. Right. Um, for the standard like college game setup, I was camera four. Yeah. Um, but there's like, if you get into big games, especially major league and like playoff games, they have like low third, high third, um, high high home plate, which is like high behind the plate, like all these crazy cameras. Yeah. And they're all like, they're all like to catch that moment where the guy slides and the glove comes across, like. Yeah. And you 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 rarely use those, yeah. But they're really hard to do, so like they have to be perfect when you need them. Right, exactly. Four is easy. I mean, it's not easy. It's just it's a little bit wider. You push at certain points. You put like yeah. on a strikeout. Like he gave me instructions. The director gave me really specific instructions. Yeah. On a strikeout, the pitcher's going to turn around and walk back towards the mound, and that's when you zoom to him. Uh-huh. On a uh, you know on a home run. 
blah 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 like you do this or you know what i mean like yeah. so i had really specific instructions and luckily i'm good at following instructions and i knew this director from basketball yeah so he was cool with me but um that's my first time ever with like a hard camera um like a hard hard camera with a giant yeah, square the, lenses huge and, yeah the zoom and everything right and we were doing what's called faxing which is essentially just making sure every camera's working okay to the truck and everything and I, while we were doing it, I couldn't figure out how to unlock the head because oh it's a totally different kind of head. I was so embarrassed. And, you know, everybody in the stadium, all the other operators are looking at me yeah. going, oh, my God, oh who boy. is this guy? Oh, boy. But then I got a call out at the end of the game like because I ended up doing, doing uh, um, uh, what do they even call them? Um, just like a coming back from commercial break, you'll t tilt down from the lights into the game and yeah. stuff. And I ended up doing those and then just staying on the air for the first, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, nice. Super fun, but a little nerve wracking, you know? Yeah, I mean. But anyway, any, my point was yeah. like this one time stuff, it's it's pressure, but it's rewarding when you're doing it. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go. <laughs> I don't even know what what we were talking. I know about I get before. I get off on tangents, but no, Michelle Obama. Oh that's, yeah, that's really no, that's really fun and yeah, it was cool. And uh, so you ended up with four cameras. I think we had four. I think we had a jib. We had like a wide shot. We had a jib. We had one that was lower over the like a two shot on a slider behind the audience, and then we had the two the two opposing singles. Yeah. And that's, you know, we wanted to have two more cameras looking at the audience mm. to kind of get reactions, but we kind of tried to pick those off before and after and cut those in and everything. So. Right on applause points or whatever. Yeah. And I just actually, Jason just texted me the other day and said that that program was um, nominated for an NAACP award for like uh, outstanding yeah, uh, whatever category it is. Oh, really? Yeah. So. Oh, cool. Like a technical award or a. Like a, uh, I'm not sure, yeah, but okay, it nominated gotcha. for something. Oh, so that's, that's nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's very nice. Yeah, good for you, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think, I don't think I was nominated. I think it was more the the whole show itself. Right. You know, yeah. I understand. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like the producers will get credit, kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Jason. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, good for him. That's cool. Yeah. When, when that was last year, right? Or did you shoot it two years ago? Or that was, I think it was March. It was almost a year ago. It was March of last year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. And I think they wanted to. They wanted to hold on to it and coincide with her book release because she had a book that came out just a couple months ago. Right. Yeah. And so they kept holding the release date until to coincide with that because she talked about her book a little bit, and uh, so yeah, it was cool. Cool. She's a, she's a pretty impressive lady, uh, you know. It really made me wish we could have more uh, more than two terms of president. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that among other things. But, yeah, she's just so classy, so poised. I mean, just. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, that's neat. Anyway, it's a neat credit to have yeah, and, like, working cool. around people like that. I mean, Valerie Jarrett's a pretty impressive person, too. I, yeah, both of them. I mean, it's, yeah. Very, um, very. So, um, oh, that's neat. Yeah. Where was it in Miami? Do you remember? Uh, four Seasons, Intercontinental. It was, it was in a hotel ballroom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Somewhere. Do you remember who your other operators are? Uh, everyone, I was, just, um, everyone was local. I don't know. Oh, you don't remember their names? Though? Oh, okay. No, I know a couple of local. Like, I thought maybe it was Ozzy Silvera or somebody like that. 
honestly ah, that's all right i met them that day yeah that's such a shorty yeah. like a few hours of work kind of thing yeah. exactly you know really we just kind of we just kind of hired like the local um production service company the producer andrew who's the same producer he knows people and he said this is what we're trying to do these are the people i need get them and then gotcha so okay all right it was so, that's so, so much no- easier like it was so of- short notice we couldn't like you couldn't like get resumes and look at reels it's just like who do you got let's do it right so right right right, right. It, even calling around and asking for references just to who should i call that's so hard no. in that short amount of time yeah no that's a smart way to do it yeah um oh you're almost done with that beer why don't we take a break we'll get another one all right all right cool we're back. Oh shit! I didn't get you another beer. You want another beer? Actually, I think I think I'm okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. After all that, well, I, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Um, I, I was gonna ask: is that is the is the unicorn the only feature you've done? It's no, like DP. N- it's not the only feature I've done. It's definitely the most notable feature I've done. Okay, I did some a couple of movies. Uh, 10 or plus years ago but very 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 small indie mm-hmm. movies um with uh, another director um who's a musician and uh those the first one played at south by southwest no tribeca and oh, the cool. other one at south by southwest so <clears throat> um they had a small audience but um you know the crew was like super tiny and it just was very very small so yeah this is the first sort of like real feature even though it was an indie yeah yeah so yeah Yeah. no i i understand what you mean yeah (laughs) i mean john schwartzman is your b operator you know (laughs) (laughs) he was so great to work with them man he was so you know they they you know they say never meet your heroes right but he was amazing he was so generous and so willing to to uh just jump in there and and do it at this level and um he always he always was working like he would help wrap out cable at the end of the night yeah and uh wow and grab and see stands and stuff and he always had to be working and and he just um you know and he would take my suggestions for lighting and you know obviously he has a lot more experience but sure. um I bet you learned a lot I learned a lot from him and uh but at the same time he was so great about that we did we felt like peers on set he didn't he never ever tried to you know pull rank or anything like that it, you know it was more of I want to teach you Right, things that I know, and hopefully you can learn some things. But on this, we're doing this together. I mean, he he told me that before we started. It was amazing. So cool. I don't know if I don't know really anybody who has an opportunity like that. So I definitely took it. That's a weird one. It is. Yeah, it's a really odd situation. No, I mean I'm I'm jealous. You know, that's really cool. And to to find out that you know he was such a cool guy great guy is is really he just loves really making movies he'll talk about it the best thing is so during lunches um you know we'd sit on the tailgate of the truck or whatever and um it was mostly the camera g and e crew would sit around and um have what we called story time with john and he he loves to 
you know, anyone who knows him, he talks, you know, he talks a lot, but he also just loves talk, telling stories and talking about the jobs he's done and things and that. And, you know, he got his start working with Michael Bay. So the first sort of bigger, big movies he did with Michael Bay, he did Armageddon, he did The Rock, he did Pearl Harbor, um, among, and that was after tons and tons and tons of uh, commercials and music videos back, yeah. in, back in the 80s. But he has so many Michael Bay stories. And I, and <laughs> I, I couldn't do it justice by, by telling them, but they're amazing. <laughs> and, uh, you know... He, it was just, it was really great, but he's a wealth of knowledge and I've, I've kept in touch with him and, and cool. we've had a couple lunches and he's always working. He's in London right now shooting another movie and he's like shot four movies since we've shot this one. So he's just, he's in demand nonstop. Yeah. Nonstop. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, how old is he? Uh, late fifties. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I didn't think he was a very old guy, yeah. No, he's... Good for him. Yeah. That's cool. It's always nice to hear good stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, the crew was small enough that, you know, we... There was no room for egos. Right. You know? Right. We all... That was one thing. You know how sometimes you work on a set it's rare that you work on a set where everyone just gels Yeah, and there's no, there's not that one person who everyone rolls their eyes at whenever they, <laughs> we didn't have that person. Everyone was great. And, uh, I've spoken about dirty that way. Oh really? Yeah. Was I that guy? A little bit. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That there was, there was no one. Oh. Everyone got along really. Oh well. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was, that was one of them. Yeah. Um, of course for me, like we were saying, that was one of my first, Big no, job. I so, yeah. so that was, the whole thing was amazing to me because I was on a movie and everything. Right, but uh, but yeah. So this was one of those movies that, or one of those projects where everyone was was in it together. We all kind of were helping raise the boat. Right. If that's you know what term. Sure. Like, yeah. yeah. No. I mean, um, no. Where everyone was respected and no one, no one, uh, no one was a wrench in the exactly in the in the. Yeah, cogs or whatever, whatever. Yeah, whatever. you get what I'm saying. Nobody was an asshole. No, there were yeah. no assholes. Everybody worked together. I don't like working with assholes. I, I, me either. Yeah, it's just I, I don't, don't know why you've called me again. You must have run out of <laughs> yeah. people. Well, actually, it was Jason who wanted to have you. I didn't want to. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, yeah, I just like there's not enough time to deal with with assholes. Like there's if if I'm on a job or if I a job that's more than one day or whatever. And yeah. there's a guy that was hired by one of my keys. I'll take the key, my key aside and say, Hey, let, I don't want this guy. Like, yeah, they can finish out this job. I don't want to make it weird, but like, let's not have this guy on set again. Right. Just, it just becomes a cancer. And then they, mm -hmm. they, they infect, infect others. others. And then mm -hmm. you start, you know, I just, my, my, you know, when you start to become the boss, right. As the DP, you realize they don't teach you this or some people do, but I didn't learn this in school or whatever, but like it's a lot, it's more than just, you know, pointing the camera and painting with light. You have to be part artist and then also part manager. And you have to wear so many different hats. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so just taking infectious people 
out of the equation is for me it was the best thing I could do. I want somebody there who wants to be there. And if I tell you I try and give people as much information up front about what the job is. I know I didn't tell you, but I didn't yeah. know. As as much as I know, I'll give people as much information to let them make the decision if they want to do the job. And it, you know, cuz sometimes it's a night shoot, sometimes it's a low budget, sometimes right, whatever. Right, right. And if they decide they want to do it, I don't want to hear any complaints unless something obviously egregiously is going wrong. There's an exception to every rule. Of course. But you don't want somebody to take a low budget job and then bitch about the money. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It's like, you knew what you were getting into. I want somebody, I want my crew to be there. Right. And, you know, and want to be there. So of course, but if they promise you, let's say a 12 hour day, at hour 14, you can speak up. Of course. No, I'm not saying not to. I, I'm not saying I, no, not no, to. No, no, no. But there's a difference between like bitching because, oh, they don't want to pay. The... Yeah, but you said yes, dude. I know. But you said yes to 12 and now they want to. Yeah. For... Then it's okay. Obviously. Then it's like, Obviously, hey, what's up with this? Like... So, but there's a difference. That's my my point that I'm making, yeah. which you already know. So I don't know why I'm making it. Yeah. But, but <laughs> anyway, but yeah. The overall point is, you know, just. Just don't be an asshole. Yeah, yeah. I just I went down to San Diego and talked uh, to a bunch of um, film students a couple weeks ago with some other um, SDSU grads. Oh, cool! And, like a yeah. little panel or something? Yeah, I was on a little panel with some some grads who. Uh, Sorry, weird connection or yeah. something. Anyway, we're fine. Go on. With some alumni who uh, who work in the entertainment industry, and um, I said a similar thing to them, and I said just you know coming out of school just lose your ego because you're gonna you're gonna be doing some work if you want to work and make it you know far Mm -hmm. you're gonna have to do some stuff that you don't necessarily want to do uh not in a weird way but i mean if you want to be a writer director chances are you're not going to come out of school and be a writer director. You're going to have to PA. You're going to have to assist somebody. You're going to do something to make money. Right. And just doesn't mean you're probably going to have to get somebody's coffee. Exactly. You're probably going to have to take the trash out. Exactly. And that's what we were talking about. That's paying your dues. Yeah. doesn't mean you have to give up your dream. And it doesn't degrade you by doing it. No, absolutely not. Right. It makes you better because you, yeah. So that's why, yeah. Anyway. No, no, that's great advice. That's great advice. I mean, I would almost just be say, humble, you know. Yeah, and I would almost say like forget for almost forget everything you know coming out of film school, yeah. especially if you're going to be a PA, which most people are going to be at some point for a little while. Yeah. Forget everything you know and start from scratch and then later you can add in that theory stuff or whatever yeah. into what you do, but like don't, you know, when I was a couple years into the business and I was even a year, whatever, and I was PAing. I didn't go to film school, so I had shot news, and so when I went to Florida and and started PAing, I literally didn't know anything. So I was starting from, uh, okay, teach me, yes sir, sure, what can I do? You yeah. know what I mean? And wanting to learn, and then later we would have these these kids come out, and mostly as interns like just out of film school and they would give them a day to try them out either they'd give them a day as a pa or they'd intern them for a day and and i'd be like hey grab that see you know or whatever like help me out and grab this or let's grab the pop they're like 
I'm a director. Like, <laughs> no, that's, not on this fucking job. You're not going to get buddy. you very far. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. come on, man. Like, you can't. Right. And they want to come out and they want to, they, and I think, it, I think, I'm guessing that it's the fault of the film schools. Maybe. Um, I would hope that they would be more realistic with them and say, you know. Well, you know, that is interesting is because I think I, I, it's been a while since I went to film school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think they sort of indoctrinated us with any sort of grand ideals that we're going to get out of here. And right. Become. But I think that it's important for alumni or people in the business to to provide that dose of reality and say, Hey, this is how it actually is. It's film school is great. I went, it's a great place to make your mistakes, you know, try some new things, get your hands on gear, Mm -hmm. learn some stuff. It's all good. But the bulk of my learning was done by doing on set and learning from other people who have done it before me. And I think that's important to learning. Why? Learning, yeah, learning why as yes, exactly. Um, why why do we do it this way? And um, so that's the sort of that's the knowledge I was trying to impart on these kids. And I and I told them this was like two weeks ago, I think, or last week. Uh, and I gave them all my number, my email. I said, keep in touch with me. That's cool. Nobody's emailed me, but no may, way, really? maybe maybe they will. I keep telling them, like you guys. I, I'm here for you. I'm. I'm. Wow, you didn't even understand what a big deal that is. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wish that somebody came down. Right, and I'm not that much older than. So the, the panel was, uh, was all sorts of alumni from okay. people who graduated two years ago to people who graduated in the '70s. So it was a, a big vary. Oh, cool. Variation. It wasn't just DPs. It was directors and sure. editors and, and all sorts of stuff. Um, so I feel like I'm close enough in age but also been in the business long enough to, to know some stuff that right I'm, i can still relate with the yeah, kids you're the you good know? in between yeah right. and so that i'm telling them, like guys you got to keep in touch with me um yeah so hopefully hopefully somebody will pass on the knowledge i mean i think uh i was listening one of your i think it was charles's interview talking about how the steadicam community uh, was and I think still is really good and tight knit about like passing along information to yeah. each other. And yeah, yeah, that's and it used to be a lot more important than it is now. The gear's gotten so much simpler to use. Oh yeah, um, and it works every time. And you yeah, know, it wasn't like how, how do we make this? Thing? Uh, I mean, all the stories I've heard about guys with three A's back in the day, where they would have to like smack the monitor to get it to turn on, and <clears throat> you know, and stuff like that. Just little, just little stuff and. Like the day it wouldn't turn on, you get on your phone, like call somebody who hopefully wasn't working. Can you bring your sled over? You know, yeah, can I yeah, borrow your? Yeah. And they would, you know. That's cool. Um, uh, but, uh, the film school thing, w- one of the things I was going to say too is like film schools, I, I don't know if any of them do this or all of them do. I don't know. But it seems like none of them do. But what they maybe should do, it's almost like the equivalent of like in high school, you should learn to balance your checkbook. Like simple life things. Do your taxes. Right, that they don't teach you. They don't nobody teaches you how to do that stuff, I don't think to to the extent is needed. And so I think they should teach them, even maybe in their senior year, like introduction to your life. <laughs> right? If you're going in the film business, here's how it works. Yeah. 
right? These are the unions that maybe you'll want to get, get, be involved with, but you're, you're going to be a PA, and here's what your duties are going to be, and here's an office PA, and here's a, you know what I mean? Like, like these are your options. Yeah. Here's the people you need to get in contact with to get the PA job, you know? Yeah. Yeah. As a, just like it doesn't have to be a big deal, but a little course, a little seminar it should, as they it come should, out of school. Yeah, it should really be like the last class you right. take before you graduate. Right, right. Like they're the seeing, transitional. Right. Their very last semester at the end. You know, it can be a few different, like three classes. Yeah. You know, how to, how to make it in the business at first because people come out and they don't know fuck all about anything. Yeah. And, you know, I sure didn't. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know about you, but most people don't. And they're like, oh, and you're walking around like a chicken with your head cut off. Yeah. And if just a little guidance on like who to call. Okay, yes, yes. Write your masterpiece script. Fantastic. But no one's going to give you money for it right now, maybe in the future. But the bills are going to have to be paid. Yeah. You know, anyway. Yeah, I agree. It's It's hard, though, because I think so many people have different goals, you know. Uh, sure. As far as what they want to do when they graduate. And so, sure. and then you also don't want to just totally scare people off. But I do agree with you that there needs to be some sort of transitional. And maybe that's not just in film school. Maybe that's just in school oh, in general. Definitely. Like, totally. I totally agree with you. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. That's why, you know, the European way, like not for film school, but just college in general. And actually a lot of the Western world besides us is you take a, you get out of high school, you take a year off yeah, and you travel the world yeah, and you backpack around the world for, you know, you live on dollars a day yeah. and you pick, you get, you get a job wherever you need to just to make a few bucks to buy a train ticket to the next place, whatever it is. And your parents help you a little bit with that or whatever, but you learn about life. Yep. You learn about the world a little by traveling, and then you go to college with this added just general knowledge of the world. Yeah. And that's a great thing, you know? And and what I'm talking about is general knowledge of the world in the film world. Yeah. Just, this is how it works. Yeah. This is the... These are the positions it's on It's like set. reality class. <laughs> This will be your. This is your new reality yeah. coming out of school. If you if you're really going to go in the business, and yes, you all want to direct. You all want to be a millionaire. Yeah. You all want to write a brilliant script. Great, and you can do all that maybe if you're lucky. But it, but the bills have to be paid every month whether you do end up doing that or not. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lesson over, kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was thinking about it earlier because we we've talked about music videos and that you shoot a, a a fair amount of them. Are the are the budgets starting to come back up for these? Well, you know, I actually haven't done a lot of music videos lately. I used to right. do more, and I never really got into like being like one of the big music video guys. You know, so I don't know if I really. Well, when have. you were starting shooting, budgets were plummeting. Yeah, I re- I do right? remember when I yeah, so when I was loading on them and and being uh, as a camera assistant, uh they were in the hundreds of thousands. Oh, still? Okay. Uh, briefly, but then like yeah. O2 ish. Yeah, 3 4 and then but okay. then very quickly they started falling. So usually, you know, if you're like uh uh Justin Timberlake or jay-z or beyonce or whatever you're gonna have a million dollar video right yeah if you want to they're the only really people who are gonna those well, type pink 
I was saying those types. Yes, yes, yes. That yes. that tier of sure. talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but generally, I would say music videos are probably in the forty to fifty thousand dollar range, which is not that much. No, at all. Very low amount of money. But they still accept expect the same amount of everything. Yeah, which is tough. So I don't do a lot of music videos. I. It's funny. I actually just did one yesterday, but <laughs> You're like I don't really do them except for yesterday. But it's a little bit different because it was for a song off of the soundtrack for the Unicorn. So oh, cool. And so oh, so there's a connection to that. Yeah, and so Robert was in it, and his wife directed it, and I had basically my gaffer and AC. Like we, it was a kind of a little reunion, super small thing. Yeah. So small budget. We just made a few bucks, but it was uh, cool. It was more fun to, to kind yeah, of yeah, get yeah. Together. No, that's that's really nice. Yeah. Um, that just reminded me. We did a music video for Dirty. We did? I don't know if you did it. I was going to ask you, did you do it? I don't think I was there. I think it was just steady. Well, Elliot would have operated a regular camera, but it was a bunch of steady cam, and it was... I can't even remember the group. Was it Wyclef? Because he's in the movie. Um... I don't I remember. I cannot remember. But uh, it was just a it was a short one day thing actually. Yeah. And Fish directed and Elliot shot it. Uh, okay. But you, I had totally forgotten about that. Um no, well, I just wondered because, you know, the first video I ever did was I think in 99 2.7 million dollars. Oh my god. Backstreet Boy video? No way. Which one? Larger than life? I don't remember which um, one that is. Anyway, um, it was like the space one. It's tons of effects. Yeah, it was two units shot for four days. Wow! I did two. I worked on it for like three weeks almost because I did office and then I was on set as wow. a PA. Okay. Um, there was so much cash being spent. Our UPM would have forty thousand dollars in a fanny pack on them at all times. Wow. Like that's how much cash we were going to. That's but, the good old days, man. The nineties and more in a safe. Like, um, four. Yeah, I think it was a four day shoot. Two full time units going. We had four stages at Universal in Orlando. Wow. Um, effects. I mean, like big, big special effects. Um, and I think I did two days over 20 hours actually Whoa. one of those days is the first time i ever fell asleep driving on the freeway oh my god and i had just gotten out of the van driving the director and the dp to breakfast and then to the hotel <sighs> they wouldn't let me leave the breakfast was across the street from the hotel they wouldn't let me just drop them and drive home yeah i had to wait oh. and drive them to the hotel and who was the half. director on that one was it like joseph khan joseph khan oh my god yeah um and uh Oh, I remember. I'll, I'll tell you exactly what happened. I drove them to breakfast. I'm like, is it cool if I just... And they're like, no, no, no. You got to take us to the hotel later. I'm like, okay. Like, you can see the hotel from there. The sun's coming up almost. Um, and I'm like, okay. And they get out of the van. And I like... I'm, I don't even care about food. I just... I need to close my eyes. So I close my eyes. And then, oh, the, the first AC was with us too. It was the three of them. And he comes out and he like... On the window... And I'm like, oh. I wake up, I roll the window down. And he's like, they want you to come in and have breakfast. I'm like, okay. So I go have breakfast. To to Joseph's credit, when I dropped them off, he offered me a room for the night. 
but I had no clothes with me. That's a lesson learned too. Always have a change of clothes, yeah. but I'm like, I'm not going to bed. Like once these, once this t-shirt, it was 22 hour day. Once this t-shirt comes off, it's never going back on until it's been through laundry. Yeah. You, you know, yeah. so anyway, and so it was kind of my dumb, yeah, uh, stupidness because I drove home, fell asleep twice on the way, almost crashed, Oops. fell asleep at a crosswalk, the kids, the elementary school crosswalk, seriously, um, like half a mile from my house, slept for three hours, got out of bed, drove back. <laughs> I mean, th- but that's the way it was, and yeah. like that's part of paying your dues. Kind but of, but I mean, it's overboard. It's pretty dangerous. It's super overboard. Yeah, but yeah, I never, I never got to that level of music video shooting. I don't mm. think many people do at this point anymore. Everything was downhill from there as far as music videos. Yeah. Um, but no, they just started going down because MTV turned into a reality show yeah. channel. Yeah. But you know, it actually, I think it was kind of a good thing for music videos as an art because. People then <clears throat> needed to didn't rely on a big budget to make something. You had to more rely on the story. So, like, mm-hmm. think about those OK Go videos, especially the one, the first one with the treadmills that yeah, was yeah. like shot on some handy cam, and it was just it was all yeah. about just the coordination and everything right um, so there's no big budget for it was that. about hard work not spending a lot of money exactly right. and i think that it helped it helped bring the music videos back to an art form rather than uh a promotional piece which essentially a music video is a promo mm-hmm. right it's a commercial for the band sure um but they kind of uh, i think the the tightened budgets sort of made people a little bit more artistic no you're probably right you know um when necessity is the mother of invention exactly. isn't that what they say yeah exactly um no you're i'm sure you're i'm sure you're right um they've done some cool ones too they did one with a drone oh my god they had yes my friend alec did one in japan with them is that the one with the drone no that's the one that's like a steady cam winner where everything lines up at the end the room spinning at one point I don't know the name. Uh, of that. I, I don't. Yeah, they did one in space, in like the vomit comet. Oh yeah, see that one. I don't think I did actually. It's um, like they really. Every time you see one, you're like, oh well, they can't top this, right? And they do. Yeah. So yeah, that's interesting. I think they have good ideas and the willingness to make it happen. Yeah, and, and well, it's clear the funny they're thing hard is, workers. But the funny too. thing is now, so they started with. Uh, you know the zero budget uh treadmill treadmill video but now they're getting budgets again because of uh product tie-ins so the one with the drone i think honda probably paid for because they're riding around on those little like honda personal scooter things oh and really you're right there's like you know product placement and everything sure so then the budgets have gone back up again sure because of product placement well a lot of people don't realize music videos have always been paid for by the bands yeah, they don't. Yeah, they, you know, that two point seven million dollar one, they paid for that, right? Okay, yes, the label quote unquote paid for it, but oh. the band has to pay them back. They have to recoup. Yeah, right. So they front the money, and and well, okay, that's 
I think it's not even an open secret. It's a well well known thing by most people that a lot of bands they get a record deal and then they go a hundred grand in debt like day of. Yep. Because the record label charges for every bit of marketing they do and you know all their costs for especially when they were making CDs. But any costs they have, it's all charged to the band. Yeah. <laughs> so so you 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 get a record deal and unless you sell a bunch of records. You're still in debt, you know. And and um, anyway, uh, that was the screwed up part about the record business. Is also like their numbers were always a little maybe. Uh, who knows? Yeah. Well, that's why I think now. <laughs> but if you're the Backstreet Boys, three million dollars is still a lot of money. But it's yeah. not. It's 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 not percentage wise. It's not killing you at that time. But now right. I think bands and musicians make their money on. Touring and merch, all touring and merch, all of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, and also, I mean, I hate to say it, but like social media influencing and that kind of stuff. I'm sure they get paid to like hawk brands and stuff. Some of them, I'm sure they do. Yeah, some I of them wonder. Who are okay with selling out. Well, look, you, you remember back in the day. You're you're a few years younger than me, but like, perfect example, Green Day, like. Yeah. Their first two albums were so cool. They were super indie. And then they got a record deal with Warner Brothers or whoever it was, and they made Dookie. And that's great, too. But a lot of people are like, sell out, sell out, sell out, sell out. What's wrong with wanting to make a living? <laughs> I agree. I don't understand the whole, oh, they sold out. Like, yeah, that's the that's the goal is to, like, make a bunch of money right. and have a bunch of people hear your music. Right. So what's the problem? You want to be a rock star. I think like, people who who call you a sellout are just jealous that you got your, you know, you got I yours. think a fair amount of it. And there's a, there's a bit of, I'm sure I did it a little before, you know, um, there's a bit of, you, you have this, it's like a loss of ownership. So like I was super into Green Day for their first two albums when not many people were listening to them at all. Yeah. And. And and then when they got their big album, it was like everybody's like, "Oh, you have you heard of Green Day?" And I'm like, "I've been a yeah. fan of Green Day for three years." Yeah, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, it's that ownership thing where it's like you know something special, and now the whole world knows. Yeah, it's like, I, I get that too. Makes yeah. you feel less special. I get that too. But then, like, especially again with Green Day, Dookie was really good. Yeah. So, what am I complaining about? Yeah, exactly. It's more good music, and right. you know. Um, but I think there was a glut there. I think it's changing again the way, like if you look at the top 10 charts, like Billboard charts now, they're all like SoundCloud releases. They're not, you know, they're not like on a label. Yeah. They're like, they just release a single here and there and it blows up it's super weird. Yeah. But so they make money that way. But I think there was a time in the mid 2000s when Napster was happening I mean, they hadn't worked all this shit out yet. Yeah. So like a lot of artists that back in the day would have gotten a record deal and wide distribution. And if they were good for the most part, they would have gotten recognition for being good and their career would have taken off. Um, that didn't really happen like for a while. People had to figure out how do I promote myself? Nobody gets record deals anymore. Right. You only get a record deal when you're Justin Bieber and 50 million people follow you on YouTube. Well, so, well, that goes back to YouTube. That's right. You know, those are the YouTubers. Right. So that's the way this world has changed so much. It's, yeah. it's super weird. 
like I don't know any new music now because I don't listen to the radio. I don't know about you, but I think most people don't really listen to the radio. They listen to their phone, whether it be Spotify or like I listen to a lot of podcasts. So, you know, podcasts, whatever. But you pick your own stuff out. Yeah. And kids, I think, do the same thing. They're just programming for themselves. Yeah. Instead of. It's true. It's interesting. Oops. It's interesting how, you know, when we were growing up, you'd get a tape or you get a CD uh-huh. and you'd have to listen to it from beginning to end. Yeah. You know, and you'd have like on the Dookie, on Dookie, for instance, you'd have a bonus track, right? At the end of the last song. 15 minutes of silence. Yeah. And then there's a bonus track. That doesn't really exist anymore. And, and yeah. it's, I think bigger artists now, they just release singles, mm-hmm. single after single. And then maybe after uh, two years of releasing singles, it compiles it into an album as opposed to spending a bunch of time and money right. on getting 12 songs right. and then releasing it all at once. Because people create playlists. They don't on buy Spotify. music that way. Exactly. You they have just, to look at the business end of it. Yeah. Right. It's Which is detrimental in some ways and good in others. Because I guess you get the cream of the crop, but you also get what they think will sell. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, but like, like on Dookie, there are a bunch of songs that were never singles that I love on that album. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. and that's true of everyone who was ever a fan of a, of a band you know um yeah there's definitely some albums that i of bands that i like that i listen to and some of my favorite songs were not the singles right right and right. so if you don't if you don't consume your music that same way you'll only know what right. the marketing arm says these are the songs you should be listening to from this artist right right which is interesting no i just think like weezer the blue album like surf wax america great song never got released as a single like never would yeah. it's not like that like sublime songs that you know what i mean yep. it's almost like i don't know they're like b-sides yeah or what our parents would have called b-sides you know yeah <laughs> but i don't know what the equivalent of that is anymore equivalent where in what in music i just i don't i don't think there's an equivalent uh, nobody releases i mean they kind of do but nobody really releases physical music besides vinyl no and even the vinyl like it's like on on record store day they got one day a year you know yeah i mean i don't know what people are buying but i think a lot of people are buying a lot of classic shit yeah you know what i mean i I don't know um anyway it's just weird well now we're now this podcast is about the music industry that's fine (laughs) that's perfect I had a question for you, actually, and Go you may ahead. have you may have have covered this on previous podcasts. So if you have, just that's all right. Tell me yeah, yeah. I'm interested to know, as a Steadicam operator, um, what your thoughts are on all these gyro stabilized things, Movi and Ronin and everything, because a lot of times, from from my perspective, producers say, you know. It's like the hot, the, other. the hot new thing. So it's like, oh, let's let's shoot on the Ronin. I hear it's great. Let's shoot on the Movi, where where I know after using all of them, I know that you know Steadicam uh, is better for whatever. Anyway, I'd love to hear your thoughts on those coming up, and and if they've sort of taken a chunk out of your business, or if it's sort of something you have to embrace. No, I mean it's just another tool to move a camera. You know. Um, I haven't 
that I'm aware of, I've never lost any work because of a movie or anything. I mean, I hear anecdotal stories about people who supposedly have. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm sure it happens once in a while, especially on lower budget stuff where they're like, it's one or the other. Um, but I always so, tell people, I know I asked you, but now I'm going to say. That's okay. I always tell people that, I like, why? Why do you want to use that? Just because if it's a producer who says, like, oh, let's use the movie. Like, why do you want to use it? Tell me the shot. What are we doing? Right. Because sometimes it's better to use Steadicam because you have one person who's operating the whole thing. Because whenever I use a Ronin or a movie, you need, like three people to get it to work somebody pulling focus somebody operating it and at least one or two other people holding the actual rig moving it around so then it becomes a four-person process as opposed to just one steady cam operator. well i have a focus puller too yes but it's still it's easier i think you know you some can, more contained exactly yeah um no look i think honestly i think steady cam if if you're on a show for a month and it's one or the other, you have to have Steadicam. Um, unless you know that, you know, you're shooting everything from a mouse's perspective and you want to have, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, okay, that, that starts to make sense. Like, okay, we need something that can scrape the ground all day, all the time. Fine, cool. Yeah. Um, and even then it's like, well, maybe depending on the shots you need, maybe it's mostly low-mode dolly work, you know, or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but no, for certain things... Like a director came to me a few years back and they're like, I'm doing this commercial and I need the camera to come down the stairs, uh, straight down following a woman. She walks, there's a window right in front of, at the bottom of the stairs. She turns right, you follow her. She turns left to go out the front door. She opens the door and walks out. And I want the camera to just drift through that window with her. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. He's like, and it should be a steady cam shot, but I don't know how to do that. Right. He's like, I can't figure out. And I'm like, hmm. And the movie, it just came out. And I'm like, dude, you should definitely get a movie. Like, so you'll pan to, you'll pan to the right. And as you do that, someone will open the window. Yeah. And there'll be somebody right outside. And as she walks through, you'll pass it through. Yeah. Um, I said the only other way is because I said is it practical location or and it was practical like on a stage you can fly the wall out sure. when you pan right yeah. but I was like I think I think that's probably the easiest way to go yeah um, I'm like I'm sure there are effects ways where you can do it yeah. where you can splice it yeah. from one side of the window to the other and he's like I don't know what a movie is so I like showed him some video real quick and yeah. I mean I'm kind of talking myself out of a job but like no I, but I don't think you are because I think from my perspective I think the stabilizers are great for certain things yeah right so yeah, that yeah. type of shot sure. or if you want to pass it into a car or sure. through something but um, the problem becomes for me is when somebody wants to replace everything that right. a steady cam would be better for at a novelty with a movie just because it's the cool new things. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I found for a while there, this has been a while, that Technocrane was doing that. Really? It's been a, 10 years or something. I got called multiple times. Like, I got put on hold for commercials for steady cam and then, and then taken off hold. And I was like, oh, what's up? And they're like, where they want, they just decided to Technocrane instead. I'm like, okay. But I feel like I lost work to Technocranes 
because truthfully, like, look, if you simplify certain shots, especially for commercial where the takes are going to be really short, you know, 30 seconds max kind of, or one minute or whatever it is, they're generally going to be short. A techno crane can do a lot of that stuff as long as it's not in inside, like in a tight space and this and that. So if it's out somewhere or on a stage, like techno crane's Techno crane is great because it's super repeatable. I, not I, I love the techno crane. Yeah, it's great. It's great. So, you know, I I get it. But a Ronin is different. I mean, if you just want to do eye level or somewhere near like waist to just above head level work and you're going to do it all day, getting a movie is just punishing yourself or yeah. punishing whoever has to. Yeah, that's. Uh, I agree. Hold it all day. Yeah. And... And also, like with the actual operating, I mean, what do they call it? Um, oh, the, Matt Bass the, was the, on talking the, about the, the ready rig. No, no, just whatever the the mode is where it follows oh, your oh, oh. where you're actually operating the camera as well as yeah. the movie itself. Yeah, and then there's the wheels or whatever, and so that's a pain for anyway. It's just it requires a lot more. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. no, I I agree, but yeah. but if you know if that video that you wanted to do was I don't know different or whatever like if we did that video a couple of weeks ago and all the shots were like like I said like scraping the floor or something yeah yeah then it makes sense but anyway yeah so I think it's a great I think it's super cool like in the videos there's never been a better promo video for camera like a brand new camera system than that first one they released with the guy roller skating in New York City yeah and then grabbing onto a cab and uh-huh. all that stuff. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant marketing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, shot like that. Perfect. I mean, we could argue about whether he should even be doing that or not. That's a whole <laughs> other... I'm sure there are a lot of people that say no, but yeah. it's kind of stunty. But <laughs> Yeah, but, I mean, it's just showing showing the capabilities of... No, no, the, the shot's great. Uh, the argument is whether it's a safe situation. Oh, oh right. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Well, that's, you know, it yeah. looks cool, so... No, it looks cool. Yeah. Um, no, but I, I remember showing that to a DP I was working with at the time, and he's like, that's pretty cool. So what's like... I'm like, I guess a dolly grip would carry it, and I'd have wheel, you know? And he's like, oh. Yeah. And we talked about trying it out. I've talked about this before, but anyway... Um, what, what do you think? I mean, you, it seems like you think the same thing. Yeah, well, the funny thing is I uh, me, I own a bunch of gear with some partners, and we own a Ronin, a Ronin 2. Oh, cool. And I just did this, I did this job over the summer for Nike, and we went to a bunch of different places around the world, and we had, like, an Alexa Mini on a Ronin, or a, somebody who picked up locals and got a Movi, but basically a stabilizer. Yeah. And... uh and it was good for that job because we did so many different things that, uh, you know, we set it up sometimes on a tripod and just had it as like a remote head, sure. which is which is a great feature that it has. Yeah. And then sometimes we'd pull it off and do like pushes through, you know, hallways and then following people playing sports and all sorts of stuff. And I think having one person on a Steadicam would just they would fall over i mean it'd be way too much because we just demanded so much of the camera to do all these different things right that it actually was a good tool to have yeah for that so i I think it's for me i mean it, it just depends on what you're doing and what shot you are but i was just more wondering as a from a steady camera operator's perspective it, if it has 
well, you know what you thought if you, if you hate no it i just no i don't hate it at all i you know um i think it's a cool invention yeah i i do think it probably gets overused a bunch and it, there's 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 always hype surrounding new stuff yeah and, um it's all just a tool for your toolkit you know sure yeah and look if there's a way to get a shot that you couldn't get before what's wrong with that it's great yeah that's awesome yeah um you know being being inventive is the core of this of this business like, yeah like the stuff key grips come up with oh my god like, that, wow great idea like yeah. so simple like instead of doing this whole rigmarole we could just do that you know there's so many instances that i can't even think of one right now but there's so many incidents my favorite thing uh so i I've been reading American Cinematographer magazine for years and years and years. My favorite thing is, you know, reading about all the big, big movies that are made. Yeah. And the, and the, you know, they have the interviews with the DPs and, you know, some huge $200 million movie. And they say, I, I needed to get this shot or get this rig or this lighting set up. So my key grip built this rig or invented this whole system. And it's like this giant, like whatever it is, right. and probably spent a million dollars just on this rig. And like, oh man, one day, one of these days I'll get the, be able to, to do that. But it's just so funny how they like, Oh, I needed this thing. So we just invented it. Like that's pretty right. cool. Right. No, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. I, I think, when that's necessary, it's great to have the resources to do it. Yeah. But you were talking about, you know, necessity is the mother invention about music videos. Music, yeah. And, you know, there are some great movies that take existing stuff. They don't have big budgets, but they take existing things and they use them in really great new ways. Um, I don't know why, but like Hard Candy came to mind for some reason. The way that movie was shot. And it took a, a it took a a DP who doesn't shoot movies who shoots commercials to go shoot a movie with a commercial director and they did it with like a tiny little shutter angle yeah so the whole thing looks very staccato yeah that was Yo Willems yes there you go yeah thank and you yeah that I remember I knew somebody who worked on that and they said that you know to to have that what was it like. 15 degree shutter angle or something something or tight yeah, yeah. so much light oh yeah so hot and, and a bunch so of it's bright. at night too yeah and so and and they really kept it consistent and it's really sharp and actually the movie's pretty bright yeah for how and yeah colorful and, and really colorful yeah. really i mean i love that movie it's an underappreciated gem i think but but that my point is like in order to stand out they did something that anyone could have done for many many years but really as far as i know no one had done that for like a whole feature yeah except saving private ryan remember parts of it the war stuff yeah right the first 20 minutes but that's the exterior so they had plenty of light true um and totally different movie too yeah um and that's great but you, you get my point yeah. it's like you know you can use something somebody's done before a slightly different way or yeah. this or that like we don't have to reinvent the wheel all the time. We can, you know, we can just roll it in a different direction. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. That's a stupid. <laughs> no, that's a good. I like that. I like that. That's a good one. That's good. But, uh, anyway. Um, well, look, man, we've been chatting for a while. Oh. And I think I've asked you everything I wanted to. Have okay. you asked me everything you wanted to? Um, Did you want me to bash the Ronin for you? No. I'm, it's fine. <laughs> it's not happening, man. 
Um, no, I think uh, I think that was. Um, that You've was completed my, your list. That of was questions. my main question. I had other stuff, but it's not that important. All but right. that. Um, no, I can understand that question though. And yeah, I've seen a lot of griping about it online, but yeah. Online's a little overblown, but yeah. I'm sure there's a certain market it, it, it affects. Yeah. Probably especially smaller markets. I think so. With very little competition. People who don't know the value of having a steady cam operator. Yeah. 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 Or, you know. Anyway. Yeah. It's a battle, it'll calm down. Yeah. I think it has already. <clears throat> But thanks, Mike. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for and having look, me. Look, your eyes are not too red. Like I don't know where the cat went, but I know I I, I made it through. Hopefully, uh, I didn't sound like I was uh, too much of a fraud. No, you but. you sound like a nineteen seventies radio host. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh. no. Cool. All right, thanks, dude. Thanks, man. This is a lot of fun. <laughs> See you soon. Bye. Thanks again to Mike for coming in. I really enjoyed it. He was fun to have in. And thank you again to Walter Clausen for their continued support. And thank you for listening. See you next time. <laughs>